Mindy and Shane Freeze, parents of one-year-old Jack, have done something courageous and countercultural. They have brought a child into this world. Maybe you yourself has been, have been asked or you yourself have wondered, how could someone bring a child into this world? It's a fair question. With unrest growing, corruption rampant, our environment possibly falling apart, economic future far from certain, some people think it's even irresponsible to procreate at this moment in history. And from a certain perspective, they're not wrong. There are plenty of statistics about the environmental impact of raising a child. And aren't we headed toward overpopulation anyway? But there's something that this perspective forgets. Something that fear and shallow wisdom forgets. The fear and shallow wisdom of our culture continues to deny it. It denies that God is the final answer. Denies that God's power is ultimate. God's power is significant. It denies that God exists or matters at all. So that's the question that lies before us this morning. Which perspective do you choose to believe? What is the truth? Where are we placing the trust of our lives? Mindy and Shane, in bringing Jack to be baptized this morning, are putting their trust in God. This is the same question that plagued the Israelites and their kings for hundreds of years, the same question that beset the Jews as they lived in exile, kicked out, captured, and carried away from their promised land. Who is telling the truth? Who do you choose to believe? You might recognize this question. It's the exact same question that the serpent asked the woman in the garden, way back in the first chapters of Genesis. It's the same question that Abraham struggled with when, old and gray-headed, God told him that he would be a biological father, and of many nations at that. It's the same question. Who's telling the truth? Who do you choose to believe? that Moses and the Israelites resisted in receiving the Ten Commandments. Brothers and sisters, this is the question. All the way down to today's reading, after the golden age of King David and decades of mostly evil kings since, the question remains and is asked of each sovereign as he's placed on the throne, who do you choose to believe? There have been many, many evil kings, and they've never chosen to believe God, never chosen to accept the love that God offers, never chosen to view the world through his eyes of justice and compassion and transformation. So viewed from this godless perspective, it's a good question. Why would you bring a child into this world? For the Christian, 
for the son of Abraham, for the daughter of the covenant, for the child of God, this is the answer. We contribute to this world rather than withdrawing from it because God has redeemed this world. Because God is making it beautiful and God has given it as a gift to us. It's not just about having babies, though it is a daring act of disobedience to the powers of this world. It's about living from a perspective of hope, recognizing the ultimate authority, recognizing what it is that drives our core. A friend of mine on Facebook wrote that the current political climate, no matter our politics, should shake us to the core. That the discussion, the dissension among the branches of government, executive, judicial, and legislative, is the worst that it's ever been and is testing whether this system of democracy can even survive such upheaval. Now, Father Jordan's dissertation is exactly on this question, the goods of democracy and the ultimate authority of God. And aha, that is the thing. Christians need not be shaken to our core on this or any other cultural issue. Not on this or any other point of dissension. Not on this or any other question of authority. Not on this or any other issue in the world. Because God is our final answer. God is our ultimate hope. God is our foundation. God is our core. And something so relatively silly as the way that we've chosen to govern ourselves for the last 300 years is just not in the same ballpark as the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of creation, the God in Jesus Christ. Mindy and Shane and every parent who has ever offered her child up to baptism makes this answer with their words, with their actions, with their heart. God is the answer. God is the author of reality, the maker of truth, the one we choose to believe this God revealed in Jesus Christ, even when things don't look so good. Some people might call this crazy. Some people may call us ignorant or irresponsible. But what matters most is what God calls us. He calls us his precious children, identified by his name, created by his love. I don't want to make light of the serious situation we find ourselves in in the world this morning or the serious situation that the Israelites found themselves in, living in exile. It's a strange word, exile. And what happened was that long after King David, as the people of Israel insisted on their own way and kept refusing to live life through God's perspective rather than their own perspective, 
the consequences of disobedience and distrust caught up with them. I want to suggest that there's another way of thinking about invasion and exile, too. Imagine with me a moment. This current generation is recorded as the most depressed and isolated generation ever. Consider the people who can't drive anymore or don't have the money to buy a car, how lonely their lives must be. Think about people who suffer depression or social anxiety, who both long for human contact but can't see their way through the door of a church or even perhaps through the door of a grocery store or a coffee shop. Think about the forced isolation baked into our society. People who are in prison, people who live in nursing homes, people whose homes are in the wrong part of town to get on a highway or who don't have new or clean clothes to wear when they go out. These are the oppressed, the carried away, the captured, the suffering, the mentally ill, the economically depressed, the physically disabled, the elderly. They're often all living in exile. Their lives have often been invaded by evil. So if you exist in a news cycle that makes you wonder how on earth are we ever going to get out of this mess, or if you live amongst outstanding credit card bills that beg the same question, or if you have said the same thing out loud or in your heart while on the couch of a marriage therapist, or if you have wondered the same thing after a particularly rough bedtime routine. How will we ever get out of this mess? You too may be in exile. Your life too has been invaded. So where we are, where the Israelites are today in our readings, is the same place that viewers of any romantic comedy film have written, ever written have ended up too. Y'all don't get it. <laughs> Let me explain. The romance has taken place. The path looks clear and straight before us. Then something turns sideways, and the wedding is off. The betrayal is revealed. The chasm opens. Tempers flare. Hearts are broken. There's no way out of this mess, surely. We're at the moment in the action flick when James Bond is all tied up and the wood chipper is coming for him fast. How on earth will he get out of this mess? Oh dear. Or if your iPad has suddenly taken on a mind of its own, how will you get out of this mess? Maybe you're on the edge of your seat, excited to see what happens next. Or maybe you're in the corner, cowering, cringing, peeking just between your fingers to see what happens. Just like we know that at the end of the romantic comedy, they'll end up together again. And just like we know that James Bond will get out of that fix somehow, 
Let me tell you today, God says and scripture professes and millions of witnesses throughout time join the chorus, God in Jesus Christ is the final answer. God in Jesus Christ is the perspective that gives us hope. God in Jesus Christ delivers us, brings each one of his precious children out of exile, draws us back from the invasion, picks us up off the defeated battlefield, and ushers us into eternal life. Life without God is a mess. Even life with God is a mess. Because we're not perfect. We so often forget to believe him. We try again and again to have a better plan for our own lives than the one that God has made for us. But we learn through exile, through this exile recorded in scripture and the ones in each of our lives that we experience, that ours is a God who does not abandon us, even at the worst and lowest moments. Indeed, that is the cross. At the worst, darkest, most hopeless moment, Jesus as God could have cried, Uncle. Jesus as God could have climbed down off the cross and saved himself. Jesus as God could have thrown up his hands and said, Fine, y'all, just figure out salvation by yourselves because clearly you don't believe me. But that is not the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. That is not the God of Moses and David and Jesus. This God, made known in Jesus Christ, testifies to a different perspective. He provides a different truth. And that truth is that all we see, all the brokenness and the hopelessness, the war and the distrust that infects and invades our lives, is not the final answer. Jesus is the final answer. His answer is love all the way down. Truth all the way down. Hope all the way down. It is courageous and it is countercultural to practice this life, this perspective in the middle of this world filled with brokenness and with self interest. But, my brothers and sisters, to whom else can we turn? Jesus shows the way of eternal life. Amen.